The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from comic book writer and educator Jason McNamara. Hi there, how's your week going? I want to tell you a little story about something that happened this week. Why do I talk about myself? Because people have told me they really want to hear what's going on in my life, and that's why we have the Dixie Ramble in this podcast. Yes, it's a lot of me talking. But I've done surveys. People like it. So I'm going to tell you a story. My best friend's name is Lil P. And Lil P is not a phone person. During the pandemic, we've spent a lot more time on the phone. She recently said one of the best things about this pandemic is she and I have gotten so much closer. Because she lives in Oakland and I live in San Francisco. And we don't see each other in person that much. I didn't see anybody for the longest time. And because we're both very careful about COVID, we see almost no one. But we're trying to make regular appointments to see each other in person. For example, in December, we went on an RV road trip together, and we were together for a week. And now we chat on the phone. All week long, I'd been trying to get her, and she wasn't really responding to texts. And when she finally did respond, she sounded very, very down. I told her I loved her, call me when she was ready to deal with the phone. And yesterday, I got a call. She tried to sound like she was doing okay when she started the call, but pretty quickly, she got hysterical. She's having trouble with so many things in her life, things that she feels like she should be able to manage and that she's overwhelmed by. She feels like a failure. She feels like everybody else can do it, but she can't. And I said, Peggy, You know, you work for a corporation. Your corporation is going to tell you that everything is business as usual. But we're in a global pandemic. It is not business as usual. What you could do two years ago, you don't do the same way now. And not just your home, your work, your life, but everything is different. We're having to make concessions. We're having to adapt to the new world. And it's not a failing of yours. It's just really hard for everyone. You are not a failure. It's so easy for the world to just keep going and act like, yep, yep, that's, we're just gonna keep rolling along because that's what we did two years ago. So we can do that today. It's the same world, right? And it was really helpful to hear her cry because I cried with her and I realized I am expecting myself to be so capable right now. 
Right now I'm teaching two storytelling workshops. I'm preparing for a huge 15 year anniversary show and the world has changed so much, I don't know how to adapt. I am completely overwhelmed. I am beating myself up about the fact that I'm late on everything. Well, I've lost my assistant. I've lost my last podcast producer who was that assistant. And I'm dealing with grief. I'm dealing with health worries. I'm dealing with all of these brand new things. All it takes is somebody telling you how hard, how they feel like they should be able to do it, to realize as you are kind to your friend, that you can be kind to yourself and remind yourself, this is hard. Take a day off, get some rest, get a good night's sleep. All the things that we think we just have to power through. I just did an update on my computer and it told me I was on my computer for 19 hours yesterday. There's only 24 hours in a day. But I am trying so hard to do everything that needs to be done myself. Yes, I need an assistant. And if you know of a capable one who might be able to help me with what I do, let me know. I need to hire some help. And I feel bad because I feel like I'm letting people down because I'm not delivering things when they need to be delivered. In being kind to P, I started realizing I need to be kind to myself too. So you're listening to this. You're probably someone who cuts me slack better than I cut slack for myself. I just want to say thank you for your patience. I'm still working on getting up to speed, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen in this brave new world, but I'm trying. And I'll tell you one thing. The one thing I can say is no matter what, if you were to ask me to list what skill or what trait that I have that hasn't gone away, it's persistence. I don't give up. So even though it's hard right now, I'm not going to give up. I'd love to see you in person. I'd love to get an email from you. Those things really remind me that the work that I'm doing is important. Storytelling changes lives. I say it all the time. And working with brand new storytellers right now on their stories in these how to be fascinating workshops, it's so powerful to watch people light up and realize that their lives are important, that their stories have meaning. And those are the things that make me get out of bed in the morning. I want to remind you that your stories are important too. As you listen to the stories that you hear on this podcast, think about your own stories, write them down, capture them, because the world needs your story. Just cut yourself a little slack right now, capture it, and later on we'll come back to it because body's not going away anytime soon. What if you could use science to discover more about your body all year long? Everlywell at-home lab tests can give you more clarity, confidence, and well-being with their over 30 at-home lab tests. Everlywell at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so that you can take action on your health and wellness, all at an affordable and transparent cost. With so many testing options, you'll be able to choose the ones that make the most sense for you. Everlywell's food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid tests are just a few of the many options. And their STD test discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STDs, all from the privacy of your own home. I just completed their food sensitivity test and I learned a lot about my body. I'd always wondered, and now I know. 
Here's how it works. Everlywell ships your at-home lab test straight to you with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Using the prepaid shipping label, mail your test back to a certified lab. In just days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device, and you can share the results with your primary care physician to help you guide your next steps. And for listeners of this show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com Dixie. Over 1 million people have trusted Everlywell with their at-home lab tests. So go to everlywell.com Dixie for 20% off your at-home lab test. And I've added that link to the show notes. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. You're not doing flowers and chocolates again, are you? Bring a new attitude to the bedroom this Valentine's Day with Like a Kitten's Couples Box. It includes everything you need to make Valentine's Day unforgettable. The Valentine's Couples Box is a one-stop shop for all your sexy Valentine's Day essentials. Don't waste hours searching the internet. Just grab a Valentine's Couple Box and you'll be all set for a spectacular night. And who doesn't love vibration? The Couples Box comes with a beautiful heart-shaped vibrator and either a dual arousal cock ring or a red rose anal plug. Oh my God, how cute would that be? If sex has fallen into the same old dull routine, try their erotic games to inspire you to play in ways you've never tried before. And Like a Kitten is offering Body Storytelling's listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash D-I-X-I-E or enter code Dixie at checkout. Like a Kitten's mission is to help women own their power in all areas of life. A portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health so you can feel good about feeling good. Act now to surprise your partner with an amazing Valentine's Couples Box. But hurry, Valentine's Day is coming up soon. Just go to likeakitten.com slash Dixie or use code D-I-X-I-E to get 20% off. And remember, there's a link in our show notes this week. I think it's time for a story, don't you? Well, I'm going to tell you some backstory on this story and let you know that it is vintage. This story is over 11 years old. As I prepare for the 15 year anniversary, I've been going through the whole process, how we got from there to here. Once upon a time, we used to be monthly in Oakland, not just San Francisco, but Oakland too. And I had announced that the theme for a show in Oakland was going to be Tales of Non-Monogamy. In the early days of the show, it wasn't uncommon for someone to get cold feet at the last minute or suddenly I'd be short a person. And a friend said, I have someone who has a great story. Let me put you in touch. And because the show was coming up soon, I said, sure, give him my cell phone number. I'm sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store. My ice cream is melting in the back of my car and my phone rings. I don't recognize the number. And Jason McNamara calls me. He said, I hear you need a story. And he proceeds to tell me the following story. You know how it is when you're sitting in the sun and your ice cream's melting and you're trying to make a story fit into a planned agenda for an evening. I sat there and really wanted to interrupt him for the longest time. I was like, no, this story doesn't work at all. But he was on a roll. He was telling me the details. He was illustrating all the points. I'm waiting for my chance to tell him no 
this is not a story for tales of non-monogamy. Well, five minutes into that 10-minute story, I realized, I realized that Jason was right and I was wrong. Because the theme of the story was tales of non-monogamy. Not tales of ethical non-monogamy. That was my mistake. So I thought, well, if we're going to represent stories, this one should definitely be part of that evening too. Jason and I did very little work together. He got on stage and killed, as you can hear in this recording. And you might notice that he is bantering back and forth with somebody on the front row. That person, who you can hear giggle throughout the whole story, is my dear friend and ex-boss, Sister Mabel Syrup of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. She does have a thing for the redheads, and that would be Jason McNamara. I should tell you that the audio quality on this recording is not perfect. It's an older story. Roman, our podcast producer, is going to do their best, but be aware that we know this isn't top quality audio. I just thought you should hear this story. So let me tell you about our storyteller. Jason McNamara is a comic book writer and educator who lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife, her girlfriend, and their four dogs. Yes, really, he writes comic books. You can see his work at jasonmcnamara.com, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Get ready to be surprised. This storyteller is Jason McNamara. Is everybody having a good time? Well, let's see what I can do about that. My story's got a title. It's called, She Got a Running Start and Kicked Me in the Face. You like that one? Elisa was a petite and very, very athletic Israeli law student. Her and I were trapped in a never-ending monogamous relationship. I often tried to break up with her, but like any good lawyer, she didn't want to lose a case. And like your typical coward, I really didn't want to fight much. I was working as an assistant manager at Pete's Coffee and Tea at the time. The highlight of my day was Bridget, a hot, thick redhead. She was also in a long-term monogamous relationship. So I didn't think much of our flirtation. A lot could happen over non-fat, flat-hat, decaf, Latin macchiatos. But around this time, Elise needed a couple days in LA to think about us. And I mentioned aloud at work, to anybody who might hear me, that I had the weekend to myself. You know, Bridget's boyfriend was also out of town. They must have been having a supper convention somewhere. So we agreed to have dinner. One innocent dinner. I like food. She showed up wearing fishnets and a Catholic schoolgirl skirt. We never made it to dinner. Unless you count me licking her asshole bent over my kitchenette. Thank you. She fucked me like she bought me off the back of a truck. 
turn my apartment into a third world brothel. The fun kind. We fucked on the bed, on the floor, on the couch, on the futon. She sucked my dick like there was money in it. It was dirty. It was fun. I felt like a man. Don't laugh, it didn't last. Our pale Irish pigmentless sex was occasionally interrupted by phone calls from LA. Elisa, Jason, why don't you pick up the phone? Jason, I want to talk about us. Jason, where are you? And I would point at the answering machine at, as exhibit A in the court of why I no longer gave a fuck. By Sunday night, we were sore enough to limp out for an Indian food dinner. Chicken Vindaloo, my first time. We came back from dinner and there were three new messages, three new messages on the answering machine. I played them and skipped through them as quick as I could. Jason, skip, Jason, skip, Jason, skip. Those are for the old me. The new girl swallows. I had had the time of my life, and I was going to get away with it. Bridget and I went to bed, and we knew that in the morning we would both go to work and never again mention this wonderful, wonderful weekend. It never happened. In the middle of the night, we both shot up out of bed to a shrieking sound. Somebody was at my buzzer and somebody was fucking leaning on it. Somebody wanted in. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I jumped up and I was walking in a circle. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Bridget jumped up and started putting on haphazardly all the clothes she had taken off the previous two days. And I knew that I had to play those answering machine messages. Jason, I'll be coming back from LA a day early. Jason, I forgot my house key. I'll need you to let me in. Jason, I'll be home late. Three in the morning. It was 3.30. The buzzing stopped and the knocking began. Somebody was at my door. I had done the worst thing you could possibly do to somebody and I was getting caught. Bridget lied on the couch and played dead. But I had to answer the door. And there was little Elisa. Hi, how are you? She came in, she looked at Bridget, and she went to the bedroom. Hey, how was your weekend? She was being uncharacteristically upbeat. I was terrified. Terra-fucking-fied. I had diarrhea of the truth. I couldn't stop telling the fucking truth. 
there's somebody here. How, how was your weekend? What have you been up to? There's somebody here. Who, that person in the living room? And then the screaming began. What the fuck? What the fuck have you done? Are you fucking her? Did you fuck her? Alisa ran into the living room and caught Bridget as she tried to make her escape. She grabbed her by one of the three or four shirts she put on. And she cocked back her fist to punch her, and I grabbed her arm. And Alisa did not like me growing a pair of balls at that moment. You choose her? You choose her over me? It's hardly a contest. So, Bridget left while the leaving was good. And Elisa began her cross-examination. Did you fuck her in our bed? There was fucking in the bed. And my eyes drifted to the couch. Did you fuck her on the couch? Just, stuff happened on the couch. Anywhere else, asshole? And my eyes drifted to the Papasan chair. And she said, get the fuck out. You don't live here anymore, asshole. We're over. Oh, such sweet words. As bad as I felt for hurting her feelings, I felt so relieved to be released from this mechanism. So I grabbed a bag and I started packing. I grabbed some shirts, threw them in the bag, and then I kneeled to grab some pants. And I heard the pitter-patter of tiny little feet as they ran towards me. And I turned and saw the boot as it swung towards my head. And my head hit the wall, my eyes watered, my nose burned, my head hurt. She'd kick me in the face. You love it. And I knew if I blacked out, she'll fucking kill me. <laughs> so I made my way up, I fended off the kicks, the punches, the curses, and I made my way towards our door. Now, a few months earlier, we had taken a mosaic tile class to save our relationship. <laughs> she took my masterpiece off the wall, an oval little mirror, and used it as a knife on me. I had a big gash down my arm. I wish I still had that mirror. I made it to the hallway alive, and then I had to face my neighbors, all facing me. Suddenly, former neighbors. The old man by the stairs told me, I'm, I'm sure to blow over, kid. Unlikely, Gramps. So now I'm walking around the Tenderloin, bleeding in my pajamas in the middle of the night. Homeless people are nodding at me like I fucking know them. And I have nowhere else to go. So I go to Bridget's house, because her boyfriend's still out of town for a day. Yeah, I did that. It happened. You're gonna love the next fucking part. So I go to Bridget's house, and she lets me in, and she turns on the light, and she goes, <gasps> What happened to your face? I looked in a mirror, and I had an answer. My bottom row of teeth had been knocked in half. My top row had been pretty heavily chipped. I called in sick to work. Bridget called in sick to the same work. And then my boss, for whatever reason, had to call me back at my house that I no longer lived at. 
So Elisa answered the phone, is this that fat fucking bitch? Now, I love my boss, but I would describe her as Rupinesque. So she calls Elisa a chocolate Jew, and the two of them get into it before they make up and realize they're in total agreement that I'm a cocksucker. So now my boss calls Bridget at home at six in the morning and asks for me. And I will be coming to work with a king-size explanation, which is probably for the best, because I miss Bridget's boyfriend by 20 minutes. He also came back early from the sucker convention, and that would have been my second beating of the fucking night. My boss, not a big fan of me plowing the staff. I got transferred to another store, no promotions in sight. Elisa froze our joint bank account. You love it, don't, don't be afraid. I lost the deposit to my place and, I don't know, everything I owned. And I maxed out my dental benefits to fix this wonderful visage. But the one thing Lisa didn't do was kick any common fucking sense to me. And this is the sad part, lady in the front. I continued to see Bridget. And we, uh, she left her boyfriend and moved in with me and we got married. And how fucking long do you think that lasted? No yay, no yay. No, stop yay. You're cut off. I'm talking something. She cheated on me. Whenever, she fucked everything in town but me. And she left me for, for another redhead of all fucking things. That was 15 years ago. I'm leaving. Um, Bridget now has, she's remarried. She has three kids from three different fathers. They're not sure who the second one is. Elisa is now a public defender in SF, and if you ever get in trouble, call her, because she's good. <laughs> and as for me, you probably think I got what I deserved. You do. <laughs> and I learned an incredibly valuable lesson, and I've never been caught again. <laughs> Wasn't me. 
And she really not the right for vex And never you should see I make the jigger low flex As far the else favor you in the complex Seeing is believing so you better change your specs You know she have a bring a whole different things up from the past All the little evidence you better know for mass Quick for your hands up, no over talk But if she back a gun you know you better run fast But she caught me on the counter it wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. No, it wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. It wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. It wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. It wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came in and she caught me red-handed, creepy with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. How could I forget? Sometimes a vintage story deserves a vintage song. That was It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, featuring Rick Rock. I have two very important announcements this week. One, I am thrilled to announce that Baudie's musical godsend, Rachel Lark, called me to pitch me her first Baudie story. And she'll be telling it at our 15-year anniversary. If you love Rachel Lark's music, you're going to love her storytelling. She'll be telling a story at our 7 p.m. show, and she'll be our musical guest for the 10 p.m. show, too. So on February 26, that's twice the Rachel Lark. How cool is that? And two, if you sign up for Body's Patreon at the $10 level or higher before midnight on February 22nd, 2022, you'll get a free live stream ticket to our 7 p.m. anniversary show, so you'll get to hear Rachel Lark's story. I want you to become a member right now. So yeah, a free live stream ticket for this upcoming live show. All for joining Body's Patreon at the $10 a month level or higher. Remember, this offer is only available for the next two weeks. So go to patreon.com slash body B-A-W-D-Y, and join the community. Patreon is where our online community lives. Way less restrictions on sex, kink, and gender conversations. Way more true stories, including yours, I hope. Go to patreon.com slash body right now. Sign up at the $10 a month level or higher. And feel free to message me to let me know you're joining us on February 26th for our first evening of story at the Verdi Club in over two years. I can't wait to be there with you. 
Well, that's our time for this week. Before I go, could I ask you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts? And if you listen somewhere that does not allow you to review the podcast, send it to me, Dixie at Body Storytelling. It makes a huge difference being able to read your words, hear your thoughts, and have you give me advice on how to make this podcast better. I value your opinion, and that's why reviews are such a big deal. I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Joe Moore, Donald Looney, Mosin Maxwell-Smith, and podcast producer Roman Din Houdiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 213 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Oh,